What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and we just all paid witness to St. John's first exhibition game of the 22-23 Division I college basketball season. Well, maybe it was our third exhibition if you want to count the Dominican Republic tour, but we're starting fresh, all right? It's almost November. We've got one more exhibition game to go before the opening game of the season, but let's talk about tonight's events, all right? St. John's beat Adelphi. Not Adelphi, me, but Adelphi, 85-55. to 55. It was a little bit of a slow start. I'm sure some fans were angry and frustrated with the first 10 minutes. This is the same old crap we're used to seeing. All right, and, you know, maybe there was some, uh, you know, rightful frustrations there. We didn't come out hot. Uh, we didn't really come out looking all that excited. But uh, basketball is a strange thing. When shots are going in, everything seems to be going all right. And after a while, shots started to drop. We expanded our lead, and we cruised to a 30-point victory against a Division II opponent, which is to be expected. Um, I think it was 17-17 or somewhere about that score, close to being tied up with a little over five minutes left in the first half. Uh, we went a little bit of a spurt, opened it up, and by halftime, it was 39-24. Um, you know, some things overall you want to look for in an exhibition, um, did they improve in areas that you'd think would be stressed in the offseason? Three-point defense, um, finishing shots around the rim, uh, closing out. You know, that goes hand-in-hand hand with the perimeter defense, but, you know, we get beat in a multitude of ways in that regard. Because of our pressure defense, because of our half-court defense not closing out well. Uh, one thing I will say in the first half, I thought we did a really poor job of closing out. You know, when we're guarding our guy, in half court, we were doing a pretty good job keeping it in front of us. But when uh, rotations took place and we had to help and then recover, our closeouts were poor. There was a handful of occasions in the first half where our guys closed out with a hand down. You know, they didn't even put their hand up to uh, get in the guy's face. And, you know, you hear coaches stress it all the time, put a hand up. It affects the shooters. And you really want to believe that it does. And you want to think that if you're going to be late on a closeout, at least put your hand up as that last line of defense, something to deter the shooter from giving a wide open, you know, uh, free pass at a look. In the second half, we did much better. We kind of wore them down. Um, we did give up nine threes overall in the game, but I think Adelphi took 31 of them, so less than 30%. But, you know, teams can get hot. This is a Division two team. You know, we're going to see plenty of shooters throughout the year. It's something that we got to be worried about. And in the first 10 minutes or so, while that game was still close, uh, we were seeing a lot more of Soriano guarding in the perimeter again, all right? Even sometimes out past the half-court line in some pressure situations. I didn't like to see that. You know, obviously, I'm willing to give anything a shot this early in the season. Wouldn't it be my bet? Uh, wouldn't it be my choice? I don't think well, that would be successful, seen on the perimeter. And as the game went on, we actually saw some adjustments. Instead of having full-court man-to-man press consistently, we saw some full-court zones, some 2-2-1, two -two some other looks. It kept our big man in the back. And uh, Soriano, I believe, didn't actually score in the game until we switched that defense. And, uh, you know, both sides of the court, they're, interconne they're interconnected. You know, if he's scrambling on defense, it's hard sometimes to get back and set up and feel comfortable on offense. Whereas if you're back set on defense, you have a good defensive position, you got a lot of confidence moving forward to the other end of the, of the court. Of course, I'm playing the results a little bit, a little bit there too. Um, but once we did switch defenses, you know, a little over halfway through the first half, Soriano had a run where he, I think he had 10, 10 points off four dunks or so. He had a nice, um, you know, 15-foot jump shot as well. Uh, he looked really big, really agile, but still, 
He's not going to be a guy you want guarding guys on the perimeter. And I don't care about what the system you know dictates or what it entails or what it requires. If you want him to be a huge piece in your program and you know, with the skills he's got and the skies he's had, I think we do. You gotta, you gotta tinker with it a little bit. You gotta adjust a little bit, and we saw that as the game went on. I hope we can continue to see it more as the season goes on, because um, he's a big piece. You know, he's a good player. Speaking of big pieces and good players, Stanley started the game much as Soriano had a stretch in the in that later part of the first half. He had a stretch early in the first half where he had four baskets off three dunks. Then he had another stretch in the second half where he had two quick baskets as well. The two of those guys both went six or seven from the field for 12 points. So our four and our five for the starter starting group and two guys who, you know, will be a big piece of what we do had a really good game inside. And then Keita, Mo Keita, the freshman seven footer had a stretch in the second half again against a division two team where he blocked three or four shots and altered another couple one. And then you could see the fear in those players eyes as they were in the paint. So he did exactly what you hope a big guy like him can do, make an impact on defense and then pick his spots on offense. He does move pretty well for a guy his size. He's not by any means a stud, you know, vertical athlete or a guy that wows you with his mobility, but he's not clumsy. He's not tripping over himself. He can move well enough. Um, looks like he moves better side to side than he does vertically, which is, you know, a good thing to see for a guy who's so big and for a defense again, where we ask people to switch often. I wouldn't like to see him see him on the perimeter any more than I want to see Soriano on the perimeter, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I thought that was a good uh, opening night for Keita and shows you what a guy with his size can add. You know, even in a minute situation, a guy like that can change a game. Uh, it can help you out when a pinch if some guy's hurt or if there's just a player on another team who uh, is killing you inside. So uh, I wouldn't redshirt him. I'm glad that's not the uh, – it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And I look forward to seeing what he can do the rest of the year. Another really good thing from the team overall, we had 23 assists. Uh, you know, we're used to seeing good passing from this team. People willing to share the basketball. Posh led the way. 10 assists, one turnover. Um, you know, he's such a unique player. And Posh, we could talk about him all the time. He only had three points tonight. Doesn't matter. Um, when we were going well out there, it was because he was leading the way. He was finding guys. He was making things happen. Um I don't think it requires him to be the point guard to have the assist numbers that he gets. You know, we saw him these last two years playing alongside uh, Dunn and, and Wusu last year. He was getting a lot of minutes at the one. This year we're going to see him alongside Curbelo and, you know, a bunch of other guards who can handle basketball. Tonight he started as the one, but his assists come in the flow of the game. It's not him up at the top of the key setting up a play and then being the guy who holds the ball possession and, and just happens to be the guy who makes the pass. Uh, because he has the ball all the time. He makes passes just in the flow of the offense or on a break or a quick little run out. Um, and assists just seem to tack on throughout the game. So um, I don't think, you know, he won't be – I don't think if he's playing alongside Curbelo that his assist numbers won't be there. I think he's going to get his assists regardless of where he plays on the court. It's just a testament to how good of he is, how good he is as a player overall. He can impact the game so many ways. Tonight it wasn't scoring. It was passing, defense, leadership. Um, and we're going to see him do it in a, duff, uh, a bunch of different ways throughout the year. All that matters is he's going to figure out a way. Um, we had 44 points in the paint. Uh, like I said, Stanley and Soriano both big time inside. Uh, Mathis was four for five from the field with two threes and then two dunks. Uh, Curbelo, he had 12 points. 
uh, all in the second half. It was really good to see him get going. He had a nice, a uh, couple nice drives and finishes, a couple other um, mid-range jumpers. And I don't know if we'll ever see consistency from him in a scoring standpoint, but these jumpers today, at least, really, I think, could mean a lot for him confidence-wise to let him settle in and feel like he belongs. You know, these not, you know, on an ability level, I'm sure he feels that way. But, you know, you're on a new spot. you got to kind of redeem yourself. You might have had a slow little uh, start in the Dominican Republic. You might hear fans questioning, is the fit going to be possible with you and Posh? And, this, and to, you know, find yourself making four or five baskets in a row in a stretch of basketball where the team played really well probably felt really good for him. So I was happy to see it, and I'm excited to see it. I think he's 100% worth the risk taking a talented player like that. Um, there was a spot in the second half. We had just gone on a nice stretcher run. We had a few easy baskets. We were turning up the pace. We had a chance to maybe uh, take a quick three. Instead of doing that, Corbello took it upon himself to settle the team down, run a set play, midway through the possession. All right, this wasn't off a timeout. This wasn't off a set, you know, out of bounds thing. This was midway through possession. He brought it up to the top of the key, got the team settled, drew up a play, and we got an open look for three from Store, who buried it. You know, and that's the type of half-court execution it's going to take to win games in the Big East. And Curbelo, as flashy as he is, as wild as he can be, um, his in his core, he's a natural point guard. He's a facilitator. He's a team setter. Okay, so in Posh, contrary to what I just said about, you know, how good he is a passer, I think most naturally he's just a basketball player. I wouldn't say he's a natural point guard. I think he's a great point guard if we're putting him at point. I think he's a great Two guard, if we're putting him off the ball, he's just a player. Curbelo is more of a natural feel. Um, and I think there'll be times when it's one or the other, and I think there's going to be times where they blend great together. And I look forward to see them uh, continuing to gain familiarity with, with each other. You can tell they like playing with each other. Curbelo, you can see, has a real enjoyment for the game of basketball on the sidelines, on the bench, and on the court. Obviously, it's easy when things are going great. We'll have to see what happens when we have some you know, a few roadblocks throughout the year, which will happen uh, regardless of who's on the team and what your makeup is. Um, but it was good to see him going and good to see some easy baskets go his way. Going back to that point, 44 points in the paint. We know we're going to um, have to change up the way we attack offensively this year with the loss of um, Champagne, the loss of Wheeler, two guys who could fill it up from three. Scoring in the paint will be one of those ways. Hopefully getting to the free throw line will be one of those ways, which we did not do tonight. There was only, I think, seven free throws shot all, all game combined between both two teams. So the refs, they weren't out there trying to waste their time, which was good to see. We're going to have to get buckets in the paint. We're going to have to score at the free throw line. We're going to have to really get easy baskets in transition. And then hopefully uh, we improve in our half-court execution. All things considered, that will help us make up for the, lo the loss in maybe three-point production. We might find ourselves shooting better percentage-wise from three, but it's going to be hard for us to make as many as they did last year with those two guys gone. All that matters is that teams respect you from three and you can hit enough to keep them honest. Um, something I didn't love, you know, and it's just preference. And I, I we know Coach Anderson loves to play guys and he's feel, feel, feeling guys out at this point in the season. So it's really not something to really, you know, hammer home as, home as an issue. Um, I don't like changing up the lineup so often. You know, I, I who said it? Um, I'll give him credit. I think Kevin Connolly, I think, you know, you guys probably know he's a St. John's guy on Twitter. And he pointed out the fact that 
uh, four games so far, three in Dominican and this one right here. Um, we've had four different starting lineups, and I thought the same thing when I saw the lineup today. Um, and then we had a different lineup in the second half, and many of those Dominican public games, we had different lineups to start the second half. And coaches have different approaches. I like to get guys comfortable up there. I think it's beneficial to kind of have set roles. By no means you have to have the set roles right now, but I don't think, you know, this is just a glimpse of some, you know, sporadic decision by coach. I think this is kind of how he, he does things. He likes to, he doesn't have a set in stone starting lineup. He kinds of, you know, move guys around, which wouldn't be my preference. And especially with so many new pieces and still we have eight returners, but still there's four or five guys we consider Jones, Curbelo, Store, those three especially are going to be playing plenty of minutes. So you got three new pieces to mix in there and they've all kind of had a different uh, start one day, not start the next day so far. Um, all three of them, I think, within the, the first four exhibitions. So I'd like to see a little more stability as we get going. If we can see the same starting group uh, on Saturday, I think that's a good sign. Now, Pinzone did start today, kind of surprising to me. I thought it would have been Storr or Mathis before he went with Pinzone. I didn't hate seeing it. Um, I liked him getting a chance. He hit the first pass of the game, and then he continued from that point to, I think, miss maybe six or seven in a row. He did have a little ankle injury scare, but he came back later in the game, so looks like no worries there. Um, but that's really what I'm looking forward to seeing most early on in this exhibition stint and then early part of the out-of-conference schedule, the battle for those minutes at the two and three um, between Penzone, Wusu, Mathis, Store, the four of those guys. Coach seems to like all four of them. There's not enough minutes to keep them all happy every single game. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Mathis hit two threes tonight. If he's hitting two threes, he's a great player out there. He's going to be a handful of games where he's uh, really effective on the offensive end, and because of that, he has a really good game because he's consistently good on the defensive end. He's a good athlete. He hustles. Um, if his shots are falling, he's taking smart shots. He'll make a big impact. Store, I love this kid's game. I think he's a natural scorer. We don't have many natural scores, so I want him to be a part of the rotation. Um, you could see him get comfortable as the game went on. He does take a little time to get his shot off. He needs a little bit of space, but I, I like his shot. I, I trust his shot. Him going to the basket looks effortless when he doesn't have to play with it dribbling-wise too much. If he can get a head steam and just kind of stride to the basket, he looks like he's got good mobility, good functionality, good coordination, and we know he can finish um, over or around guys. Um, and then Wu Su does a little bit of everything. You know, people get him all the time for the turnovers. I thought he was sloppy for for a good portion of the game tonight. Didn't have the best game overall um, on the offensive end. But defensively, he's versatile. He can rebound. He can pass. I think he can hit open three-point shots. And um, that leaves Pinzone. So Pinzone and those three, it's going to be a battle. Because Jones, we need him. And he's going to slide between the three and the four. Who's, I mean, Curbelo. We're going to need him. He's going to slide between the one and the two. And then it's those guys right there at that two and the three, sometimes at the four for playing exceptionally small. It's going to be a fight. And hopefully that fight rises everybody instead of shrinking instead of shrinking all of them. Um, yeah, guys, that's about it. You know, not too much to take from a game like this. I'm sure something else will pop up. I'm going to probably rewatch it tomorrow during work, you know, get me through the day. Uh, maybe I'll post some highlights. But um, I want to hear from you guys. So, you know, let me know what you think. Reach out on Twitter or uh, follow on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcast, 
YouTube. I would appreciate if you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. Channel would be great. If I get 50 subscribers, I can go live. We'll do some pre and post game stuff right on YouTube. Uh, so I need your help there. But uh, thank you for tuning in for the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. This has been Bootsy Thornton. I'm Pat Kane. Peace.